Welcome to the Homeschool Unlocked podcast, the show that helps parents see homeschooling as a unique opportunity. So forget fear. You can inspire. You can guide your child. Homeschool Unlocked. It's not school. It's life. All right, I have some Latin root words that I would like to quiz you on today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Latin like Puerto Rican root words? Uh, or no, la- Latin no, like, like the for, lost language? Further back, further back. Okay, okay. Okay, all right. So the root word bene, what do you think that means? Bene. Yes. Like a, like a beignet, like a, like a pastry. <laughs> bene. Yeah, uh... No, this one is bene, and it means it means good, like you would use in the word or find in the word benefit or benefactor. Or in Spanish, bien. Okay. Excellent. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. All right. How about the root word omni? Omni. Oh, like like omnidirectional, like like that. Multiple views or something like that. Okay. Yes. It, the root word it means all. So like uh, omnipotent, omniscient. Hmm. And let's see, two more. How about the root word, mm, let's go with port. Port, hmm, like a, like a base or like a foundation or location or something like that? Okay, it actually means carry, like export, import. Okay. So there is something about like a station kind of. I thank you for finding the silver lining <laughs> in my awful answer. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we're doing all that because today we're going to be talking about communication. And the word communication is descended from Latin, the noun communicatio, which means sharing or imparting. Big, big words in in this podcast. (laughs) Step it up. Step it up. Well, you know, if uh, you listened to uh, last week's episode, we had told that we were uh, at a marriage retreat, right? There were a lot of things learned at the marriage retreat. And we talked about loving your neighbor. Some somebody became aware of us, right? Awareness of your neighbor and gave us this beautiful gift. And so we want to turn it around and give it to you guys, right? Because we love you guys because you are our neighbors. And so at the end of last episode, we had mentioned that for today, we're going to go over the four negative communication patterns, the four negative communication patterns. And when this was kind of facilitated for us at Scott River Lodge uh, by Chris and Jen Schultz, which we love very, very much, they kind of cited where they got the information from. So there's a book called A Lasting Promise, you know, just gave us guiding points tied to it. So we're going to dive into the four negative communication patterns. What do you think, baby? I don't know about that. I know. You seem to be avoiding... You seem to be avoiding this conversation, which happens to be negative communication pattern number one, withdrawn or, or withdraw or avoidance. What do you think about that, sweetie? That it was actually something I did a lot early on in our marriage. Okay, great. I like it. I like it. If I were to ask you, how does someone withdraw or avoid a, a conversation? What is it that they, that they do? Typically, just kind of become very quiet okay so they may physically be there but they are no longer engaging in the conversation okay so there's a withdrawing um 
or just maybe we'll leave the room and just avoid the whole space altogether. Yes, yeah, so that's so that's a common answer when you think of withdraw or avoid. You think of leaving, right? And so Monica's first example, she talked about leaving, you know, intellectually or cognitively, but staying there physically. And then the second time she spoke about leaving, she actually talked about leaving physically. That's that's standard avoidant behavior. You just leave. But another one, maybe a more polite avoidance, maybe, mm-hmm. is is the quick agreement. Like, hey, can we talk, you know? Um, and then you kind of share a couple different things. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, boom. And you just get them right off your back. You check the box. Number one, you're semi-polite, and you've avoided the entire conversation. Yeah, actually, I, I would say I kind of do that probably more often now where if you're saying something and uh, it's just maybe the Give t- me a kiss. <laughs> I need you to quickly agree. <laughs> All right, there you go. But sometimes, uh, depending, not to make excuses, but certainly like if it's the end of the day or it's just something that I feel like it's not going to be easily resolved, but I just want to close the conversation, I will just say, yep, you're right. Yep, and then then we move on. (laughs) And then I realize, oh, Lord, how I would have just preferred for nothing. But so the question becomes, well, how do you reduce this pattern of behavior, right? How do you reduce this pattern? And one particular way that we can do that, you know, I mean, I'm standing on one end and my wife in this particular example is doing the avoiding. You know, one thing that I can do is I can take responsibility for the things I have control over. I can ask myself something, but I could also ask my wife something. This is something that I could possibly ask myself, you know? What is it? What is it that I'm doing? What is it about me that prevents her from remaining engaged? So I can ask myself that, right? Because I can own that, you know? It's just a little reflection. I'm thinking about the things I can control here. Um, And I got to ask myself, what is it that I'm doing or have done or precedent that I've set or tone or environment that I've created that, you know, prevents her from engaging? So that's one thing I can do, right? A little reflection piece. But I could also simply just ask Monica, say, hey, Monica, you know, what is it? that I've done or have done that prevents you from remaining here with me. So on the one hand, you could ask. That's a conversation. And the other thing is you can reflect, right? So that's that's one way of, of kind of reducing the possibilities of this avoidant task, right? Take responsibility, right? I think a second way we can um, reduce this particular pattern is, you know, as me, as the person asking the question, right, because in this example, and then we'll switch it up later on, but in this example, Monica's doing the avoidance, whether she's just physically leaving or mentally leaving or just simply agreed. I can ask myself, I, I can help create safety within the conversation, right, because a big major part of communication is actually feeling safe to ask questions and to have a conversation. So in creating safety, I, I can ask my wife, right, since I'm in that process, you know, what can I do? to keep you here with me, what can I do to make you feel safe, right? Yeah, that's an excellent point. I mean, having a conversation like this we've shared before Mm -hmm. about emotion, motion helping emotion. So maybe instead of sitting down and and making it kind of more intense, it can be like, hey, do you mind if we go on a walk because I want to talk about this? And, you know, I think it would just be better if we walk and talk. 
Yeah, so I mean, if you go back a couple episodes, we had, I think, three episodes tied to how to have difficult conversations, how to prep for it, how to actually engage in it, and then how to prepare prepare others for it, right? So, you know, it's a little three-part series. You may want to go back, listen to it a couple times, give it a thumbs up. We often refer to these folks that do the quick getaways as peace fakers, not peacemakers, peace fakers, right? So now that we've given that a little bit of a title, let's slide over to negative communication pattern number two, escalation. Yes, right now. I mean it. I'm kidding. She, she, okay. I, 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 I took, you took me by surprise. I thought you meant it. So I paused and I looked at you for this. So for that pause in that podcast, it was me asking this particular or making this particular statement and then looking to Monica and then she kind of eyes getting real big basically escalating this conversation so hey when we talk about escalation we're talking about hey being harsh raising the volume of your conversation um looking physically agitated right you may even want to slide a little bit of sarcasm in there a little bit so as where the withdrawal and avoidance were peace fakers this whole escalation piece is without a doubt a peace breaker yeah you're definitely going in and i mean when i do this it's i know the buttons to push I'm pushing them. You know, I'm going to take it a step further in terms of its analysis and really looking at what it does. You know, when you escalate in a behavior, it's really also avoidant or escaping behavior, right? I mean, you're trying to shut it down. And most of the time, escalation, at least for me, kind of shuts it down, right? It, does, it doesn't make it any more about the content, uh, about the issues that we're trying to have a conversation. Now it becomes, you know, I got to look through attitude. I got to look through demeanor. I got to look through a couple of different things. So for me, anytime I see escalations that occur, somebody's really trying to avoid something. Just like we did in the previous negative uh, communication pattern, we got to ask ourselves, how do we reduce this particular pattern, right? So very simply, this is very physiological. It get it, Things begin to get heated. Things begin to get escalated. Deep breaths really help. Slowing things down really helps. Once you feel your heartbeat increasing, then that's a good indication that maybe you need to slow down. What happens when my heart begins to beat rapidly when I look at my beautiful wife, because I love her so, so much, I want to give her hugs and kisses all day. <laughs> um, so, so let me just talk to you about reducing. Sometimes, aside from deep breaths and taking a time out, reciting scripture verse is super duper important. And you know, one of the Chris, one of the things Chris and Jen shared were some scripture verses tied to helping us deescalate. So I'll read, I'll read two to you. Uh, the first one is Proverbs, right? Chapter 15, verse 1a, right? And it says here, a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. I think you need to ask yourself in these moments when things are getting escalated, uh, am I being gentle in any answers in any particular way? Now, here's another particular scripture verse that was shared with us, and it was Proverbs uh, chapter 20, verses 20 to 21. I'll read that to you, and it says here, Without wood, fire goes without. Without a gossip, conflict dies down. As charcoal for embers and wood for fire, so is the quarrelsome person for kindling strife. So all of a sudden, I know it takes two to dance. If things are getting escalated, now we got two parties contributing, you know, so what we want to do is we want to starve the beast, right? You want to not feed it any wood. You want to not give it any charcoal, right? And you want that stuff to de-escalate. So those are two little scripture verses you can possibly just meditate on. And and we have a general rule of thumb over here at the Aviles home. And, and it's one is in anger, just don't, don't do or say anything. Just let's just wait 
to calm things down a little bit and then we can readdress something. Well, it also makes me think about how you're sharing when you're in a situation and, and you, there's something happening, you're processing, well, what am I doing that's making this person feel unsafe? And certainly if someone, if, if one of, if someone is escalating the situation, then a very normal way to handle that could be just to withdraw. So there's also a, there's, it's also important to realize the context of these reactions because they're not happening in a vacuum. Correct. And both parties do need to be aware. Our marriage advice would be rule number one, depend on Christ. Each person depends on Christ. That's and great. rule number two is do rule number one together. So, <laughs> yes, very good, very good. So um, certainly we do have to be aware of the other person's pattern, right? Because we each, we each come into a relationship and, and things with our own pattern. Um, and not just blame the other person. How is my behavior affecting their behavior? What's the context for this whole situation? Things aren't happening in a vacuum. Um, and then what are we going to do about it? But anyways, negative communication pattern one, withdraw and avoid negative communication pattern. Number two, escalate negative communication pattern three, which is what we're on right now is negative interpretation. Right. So somehow in this conversation, in this communication, you perceive offense. So you listen defense. Right. So let me spin that another way. You perceive offensive speech. Right. I mean, if you perceive or you believe that the words are like attack mode well then you're obviously going to listen defensively so you perceive offense then you listen defense and so listen sometimes the person is speaking to you very offensively very attack mode very harsh um but i'm gonna say oftentimes or maybe a little less or maybe a little bit more than just often this is all happening in your head there are conversations there are interpretations that are happening in your mind the other person is completely unaware of and now you're combating those thoughts not necessarily the person in front of you that i think that also has to do even there are times where maybe because of technology right we have phones we have computers maybe even something that you just received a message you just received mm -hmm. and how that there's a conversation going on in your mind and then maybe your spouse says something and it's just at that one at that specific moment you already have an internal conversation happening and then this comes in and so you react in a way that you wouldn't have had that other internal conversation not be happening but uh, Chris and Jen shared about certain trigger words there are trigger words that are for example like always or you know you always do this or you never do that any you know things like along those lines are definitely counterproductive counterproductive and other trigger words right i mean the, the word why immediately brings into my heart defense like i gotta explain myself which you know at times you, sh you have to explain yourself but just you should right instead of using i statements like i don't understand it's like you should and so all of a sudden, whys and you shoulds and extreme languages like always and never, these tend to trigger very, very defensive listening and offensive responses, right? So, you know, you may ask yourself, how is it that this is escalating? They may be listening very defensively. So all of a sudden, negative interpretations involve escalating to avoid to in order to withdraw or get out, right? So, I mean, all these things may be working simultaneously. So recognize trigger words and replace those trigger words. Now, you can replace all that stuff with I statements. So, my love, here's an example. I'm sorry, my love, 
I don't understand. Instead of why, right? Because you're trying to get clarification. I don't understand. My love, help me, right? I statements, I and me, right? Help me understand. So all of a sudden, it's I don't understand, my love. Not that you are unable to be understood, right? That's although, you know, it, it's very, very different. So so think about that. Recognize trigger words, replace trigger words. Um, we had said it previously, you got to create safety in these conversations. So you may want to ask, right, in creating safety, what can I do to make you feel safe, secure, valued when we speak? Because these negative interpretations, you know, uh, it could come from some feelings of insecurity, a couple different things going on. And so um, I also want to share another scripture verse that was shared with us at that time that could help with this whole negative interpretation, right? This whole this whole negative piece. And this is um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, pretty popular, verses 1 through 8a. Are you ready, my love? Yes. It says here, If I speak human or angelic tongues, do you not have love? Am I a noisy gong or a clang cymbal? If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It it uh, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Amen. These conversations that we had were actually... It was just a small part, like these very intense but wonderful conversations were actually a small part of our retreat because we had so many activities. We had meals together. We had uh, like tons of fun and laughing together, driving together. So it was amazing to see just all the bonding that happened in a short amount of time amongst people we had never met before. I mean, we got to spend the uh, Dabolt family, the Morris family, the Alston family. We mentioned the Schultz already, but also the Warrens, the Collins, the Stevens. I want to mention the Hatfields. See, I know the McDaniels, the Collins, and I'm missing one. The family. Watsons. The Watsons. That's yeah, right. The Watsons from the ATL from Atlanta. <laughs> and we just had such a great time. Um, Hunter from Scott River Lodge. We love you, Hunter. We think you're amazing. And everybody there, just the vision, the way that God worked everything out for that retreat center to come to pass, and the blessing that everyone there who serves makes it possible to be amazing. So, so last but not least. Negative communication pattern number four, invalidation. Invalidation, if you go back to the beginning of last episode, we kind of define what communication or what the goal of communication is. If the goal of communication is mutual understanding, right, the whole concept of understanding where the other is coming from and, you know, I hear you, I see you, I know you, then invalidation is the complete opposite of all of our communication goals, right? So you want to avoid and stay away from, you know, making the person feel or think of themselves as unimportant, unwanted, belittled, dismissed, invalid, 
right? You you want to move away from anything and everything that helps them doubt who they are or their character, right? So I point back to you to that First Corinthians 13, all about love. All about love helps with that whole invalidation piece. Yep, definitely. When they're when your spouse is sharing, um, and you're you're listening, you're not saying that you're going to agree. When you reply, it doesn't mean that you're agreeing to everything that they say. You're not saying that I see it exactly the way you see it. You're simply trying to be present and not dismiss what they're feeling, not be belittling. So invalidation is probably the the most destructive or ugliest of these forms of negative communication. Belittling. And so it's it's, it's really deep. I mean, it's it's very... really deep. It's really painful. When you're talking about, you know, um, ways to really shut things down, this is a real bad way to do that. I mean, I mean, there's so many uh, good ways to have communication, and maybe that's a future episode. Invalidation is something we definitely want to move away from only because it really strikes at someone's character, someone's being, and it's really hard to make these comments and take steps toward that. You know, these are ones that take a lot of time to kind of come back from. You know, because it strikes real, real deep. So, beautiful crowd. Listen, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We got four negative communication patterns that we've shared, you know, as homework, right? Take home, an action step. Kind of reflect on the four. See if there's one that kind of fits your bill just a little bit. Just focus on one at a time. Just kind of pray through it. Ask the Lord to help you. Recognize there's a particular pattern that would make your communication with your loved ones a lot more fruitful. And so if you you think, you pray, you reflect, and then you begin to make moves to adjust it, right? Because we have several different ways to counteract that. I think you actually, I think I forgot to do one word as trivia. So I think you were actually going to quiz me about that. Yeah, so you had mentioned at the beginning we were talking about Latin words, and you said you were going to present four. You gave us three for those that were tracking with us, and so you know I'm going to take it upon myself to do the fourth. Okay. Are you ready for the fourth Greek? Is it Latin or Greek? Because I'm proficient well. at both. So uh, I don't know. which one do you want? Okay. Well, I mean, I'm 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 better at Chinese than Chinese, Latin or I Greek. I do not. That it's a bunch of symbols. But, I'm going to go with Latin. Okay. Latin. Fine. So here's the Latin word: plexus. 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 Yeah, what's it mean? Plexus means gut transformation, gut health, gut health to the max. Yeah, okay, so there you go. That's my, you know, listen, in my in my life, everything seems to be surrounded around Jesus and Plexus. And so <laughs> <laughs> I used I used Plexus in this example. So listen, love you guys. Bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you guys. That's right. Thank you for spending time with us today. Check out our link below and subscribe to our podcast. We hope that we helped you by unlocking a new way of seeing homeschooling. Who else needs to hear this? Only you know. So take action and share it. Because remember, homeschool unlocked. It's not school. It's life.